You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We're going to talk about a spirit-infused life. Something is happening, and that is an understatement. It truly is an understatement. You guys know that about six weeks ago, I started writing a book. Uh, the Lord said, write. So I started writing a book, but it wasn't like I canceled the rest of my life and just wrote. I got up at two or three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and I wrote until I needed to go to work. And then I'd do it again the next day. I'd do it again the next day. And I knew that I had a deadline. I had to have it done by the first week in September in order for it to be out by the 1st of October. And every, uh, not every day, but there were days where I woke up and I was like, you know, I don't know how this is going to happen. And the Lord would just keep telling me, you have more than enough time to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Don't worry, I've got this covered over and over. He, something would happen that would interrupt what I had planned. And he was like, don't worry about it. I've got it all worked out. And through this time period, it, I even think I said it last week or the week before, through this time period, I thought, well, this is just a, um, an anointing for the moment. And I even knew when to get up. I didn't set my alarm. The Lord just woke me up. I knew when to go to bed. I'd be doing something or watching TV or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I need to go to bed right now. I just knew. And it wasn't like I said, oh, God, what time do you want me to wake up? No, I just knew. It was just this oneness of, of wonder with him. I couldn't even figure out what the heck was going on. And this morning when I woke up, I was like, or, yeah, this morning when I woke up, I was talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, is this sustainable? Is it an anointing for a moment or is, are you showing me what life is supposed to be like in the spirit, in a spirit infused life? And I believe he's showing me that this lifestyle is sustainable. We can live a life of just ebb and flow with the Lord, even in the midst of difficulty. Uh, I know one of my clients, we had been looking for an office manager since the end of June. We found one. Uh, the day that she started, someone else quit, walked out, left, no notice, no nothing. So I've got a brand new person being onboarded into the company that I'm onboarding and kind of training. And all of a sudden, there is a, a void in what needed to happen at the work especially in the financial side of the day, she handled the finances. And God kept saying, it's not a problem. It looks like a problem, but it's not a problem. And by the end of the week, everything was worked out. Everything was covered. The office manager not only got minimal training, but she basically just trained herself, took it on. And she left work texting me the last day, you know, before the weekend saying, thank you so much for being so patient and just welcome me. And I'm thinking, Thank you so much for staying, you know, when you walk into a new position and all of a sudden uh, it, it's not quite what they told you it was going to be. I'm just like, thank you. But, but it was like the Lord just kept saying, 
I've got this. This is worked out. You don't have to try to figure out what to do. You will just know. And I, I feel like that's where God is leading us. You know, my book's called The New Moves of God. And this is a move of God where he is bringing his body into such a oneness of movement that it's not, it is, it is a oneness of movement even without discussion. That God is just infusing. He's just pouring into us. He's just giving us that knowing by the spirit, what is this and what is that? And you heard some of the ladies talk about this two day intensive that I just did Friday and, and Saturday, and we did have a great time, but I, I sent off my book on Monday. And so Wednesday, no, on Tuesday. So on Wednesday, I'm like, okay, let me just read over my notes. I've done this too intensive, you know, just make sure I know what we're doing. I get everything out. And the Lord said, that's not what we're doing. I was like, okay, you know, it's Friday, right, God, you, you know, and there I do have to do other work, but you know what? He's like, this is what we're going to do because I am going to customize it for the people who are coming this weekend. So what you did last time was customized for those people. But what you're doing this time is going to be customized just for them. And so don't, you know, just lean into what I'm about to give you because it's going to be perfect for them. So in two days, uh, I had a perfect, you know, layout just for them. And you can talk to them, you know, uh, afterwards. But it was just amazing to watch the Holy Spirit take what I was thinking about doing and reworking it. So the ones who came got something that was handcrafted just for them. Yeah. And, and that is where God is moving us. He's moving into this handcrafted, um, uh, seamless movement of oneness and knowing with him. And even in the confusion of whatever the day is or, you know, the uh, one of the days I was like, God, I just can't see. I just could in my brain could not figure out how something was going to work out. And he just said, I've got this. And there was something about that just set me free from the spinning and trying to decide to just stepping whatever I need to do at that moment. I did it whatever I need to do at that moment. And in the midst of all this, I still played tennis. I still had to travel and I still played with my granddaughter. So, and God just worked it all out. And I believe that God is releasing a understanding of seamless oneness in him where we are moving out of the very presence of the Holy Spirit living in us in the moment by moment of the day that is set before us. Where even when there are obstacles, where there is challenges, even when there is irritation and aggravation, the spirit is like, I've got this. I've got this. Just let me guide this river, these rapids that you're on for this moment so that you can Move with ease. And it doesn't, when we move with ease, it doesn't mean there's not irritation. It just means that the irritation doesn't interfere with the movement that God is doing for us, for us and with us. 
So it's it's a it's a noticeable shifting in what God is doing, but it is almost um, uh, invisible. You know, you know that you know that something's happening, but you can't even actually see what the heck's going on. But you know, it's it's working. God is doing it, and you're just moving through it. So it's really been interesting. So that's actually what I want to talk about today because I believe that the Lord is just stirring us into this place where, um, you know, I don't know if it's another, I can't even describe it. Like Michelle said, we, we don't even have words for this. Is it a, a greater trust? Is it a greater oneness? Is it a greater surrender? Is it a greater love? I don't know. Is it all those things? Is it something else? I don't know. I just know that as we began to uh, move greater into this, because we all know we move in this arena of oneness with God. We know that the Spirit lives in us. We, we know all of that. But when that knowing becomes tangible and movable in our everyday moment and life and thought, Every thought we have, every breath we breathe is, is saturated, infused with the presence of God. Then things look different. We see differently. We move differently. Because there is a, an ease of going with the great creator who is with us. Yeah. So good. So good. So anyhow, Karen said it's, it's an involuntary move of God where we are involuntarily moving with him because we didn't know we actually volunteered to move with him. And suddenly he's just moving us and we're like, yes, yes. My granddaughter says, yep, yep. This is the way. This is the way. So uh, I'm going to look at a couple of scriptures this morning. We're going to start with John 16. Uh, verse 12. And you know, when you infuse something, it means that it gets seeped and soaked into something. That have you ever soaked tea bags in water? And the tea bags and the water become one. And that really is what God is, is doing with us. Uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's always done it, but we know that there are exponential movements in God that move us into a suddenly greater arena with him that we don't even know is possible. And I think that word, but it's sustainable, is, is key for us in this season. So John 6, verse 12, and we're just going to touch on a couple of foundational scriptures. And it says, I still, uh, is that really the one I wanted? Uh, actually, one thirteen. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take up what is mine and declare it to you. So everything that we need is fully given to us by the spirit who lives in us. And first Corinthians has really been my theme scripture this past year and a half. First Corinthians two, that says that the spirit seeks out the deep things of God and he reveals it to us. So the things that we need 
are in the realm of access because the spirit is digging it out from the heart of the father and deposited it into us. Just get a picture of that. I mean, you know, it'd be nice to have like a little movie camera that kind of filmed and gave us little examples of what it looks like with the Holy Spirit going up saying, okay, Father, I need the deep things for her. I need the deep things for him. He needs that revelation of what the, the, the key is, what the solution is, what the next step is, uh, what the oneness looks like for them in this season. Okay, Father, I've got it. Okay, okay. I am running. I'm deposited. I'm exploding. I'm expanding. I am blasting them with this revelation because we know that when the mysteries of God is revealed to us, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that when it's revealed to us, it is ours forever and for our children and our children's children. So every mystery that we receive from the Holy Spirit, it is impartable to the generations to come. So what he's showing us is for our children and our children's children's children. And then they will get their own revelation that they will continue to pass on. And it is a momentous uh, building of the kingdom revelation to bring us into the place that God has us for this very moment. We have revelation today that we didn't have last week. And the revelation that we have today that we didn't have last week, God's going to use it to exponentially move us forward. And we will get revelation next week that we didn't have this week that will take us to that next place. But then we will live out of that revelation that continues to build and transform us for every assignment that God has put before us. So we are a walking ball of revelation filled with the mysteries of God. We're, we're just like that rolling thunder, that fire that we sung about earlier. Okay, John 17, uh, 20. Now, if Matt was here, he would be running. I'm going to tell you right now. We may, have, we may have to have assigned runners. He'll be in charge of that. He can be in charge of that list. It says, verse 20, it says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. And we know that that was fulfilled by the death of Christ, the resurrection, and the release of the Holy Spirit into every believer. So what Jesus prayed, we live out of right now, that we are one Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That when the Father sees us, he sees us hidden in Christ. He sees us completely one with him and his son and the Holy Spirit. That we live out of that oneness. I might need a shout. Come on. I mean, you think about this. Think about this. Jesus has said, Father, not only are we a triune one God, but we are one with the people who believe in us. 
And our spirit lives completely in them. And with the Holy Spirit in them, that means that they can do all things, that all things are possible in Christ for those who believe. There is not anything that is impossible for us because the Holy Spirit dwells in us and directs and guides us in, the, in everything and shares the secrets of God to us. I'm telling you, there is nothing wrong with that. I am glad I'm a believer. I'm glad the Spirit lives in me. I'm glad that God trusts me with his secrets. I'm glad that the revelation I have today is going to propel me for tomorrow and provide an opening for additional revelation that I can give to my children's children's children. That makes me happy. Yes. So Acts 8, we're going to start in verse um, 4. It says, and we're talking about, you know, Paul has been persecuting the church and uh, verse four, it says, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded these things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now we know that Philip was chosen to serve the apostles so the apostles could spend time praying and seeking God. So they were taking, Philip was chosen as one to serve the community, literally serve tables, feed, do all of that. And then he got this new assignment and he sent out uh, to share the gospel. He's gotten an upgrade. He's gotten promoted from serving tables to serving the gospel, dishing out the gospel for all who are willing to eat and to hear and consume what God has for them. He has gotten this upgrade. And he's gotten a new assignment. Be ready for that new assignment coming your way. It is coming your way. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and the same were healed. And there was great joy in the city. Because the presence of God had entered the city. So. They, oh, let me finish the whole sentence. <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, verse 9, it says, And there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and was astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they had all gave heed for the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished with his sorceries for a long time. We know that there are those who are representing a power that is uh, uh, acknowledged to God that isn't. And we've come with the power of the Holy Spirit to break that lie and that demonstration of uh, counterfeit power. So he gets saved and he gets baptized. And then uh, uh, verse uh, 12 says, that, uh, verse 11 says, I'm sorry, verse 12 said, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So Philip goes from, serving tables to serving people 
and uh, even gets this sorcerer baptized and, and saved and delivered and all those different things. But then comes a transfer of his assignment. You know, so many times we think that we're assigned to something forever. But sometimes we just get it up and running and going good. And then God's like, pass, pass it on because I've got something else for you. And that's where that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, moving in the spirit and just leaning into what that next direction is without trying to hold on to the past or hold on to what you're good at right now because God has something that you're even better at that he's going to send you to if you'll let go of what you're currently doing. So sometimes you got to let go of that assignment. So he lets go of the assignment because Peter and John are coming. And Peter and John are going to clean up on all three. They'll get the sorcerer taken care of. They'll get the people baptized in the spirit. They're going to do that because God had something else for Philip to do. Say, God, I'll do the something else. Whatever it is, I'll do the something else. I'll let go of what I was planning to do this weekend because your plan is definitely much better than my plan, right? So he's reassigned, and this is in Acts 8.25. He's reassigned, and we're, we're pretty familiar with this, by an angel of the Lord. Uh, sorry, 8.26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is, the de this is desert. So he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And he was sitting in his chariot. He read Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was Isaiah. And I'm not going to read that. But, you know, it's interesting because Philip is, you know, sent out into the desert. Just for this eunuch, just for him. Because this eunuch is going to get saved and baptized and go back to Ethiopia because he serves Candace the queen and there is an anointing to release the gospel of Christ because Philip left his assignment that he was fully immersed in in order to go to the desert to get a new assignment. We were talking about it in our class yes, this weekend. You know, sometimes God closes a door that we actually liked being in. And he opens up another door. But I heard Bishop Gardingen say, but there's hell in the hallway getting there sometimes. Because when we go, the doors close, there's never, if you see any building, there's never a door that butts face to face. So one closes and the other one opens. There has to be some space to get to the other door. And sometimes when God closes an assignment that he has for us, we think we're being punished. Or we think, you know, all of these things are, they did us wrong. 
You know, there's nothing worse than that somebody did me wrong song, you know, that we're playing in our head. That narrative that we keep saying, but what we don't realize is, God, you've let that door be closed. Whether we wanted it closed or not, whether we felt like we deserved it closed or not, it doesn't make any difference. You let that door be closed. So you show me how to transition in the hallway. So when that door opens, I'm not bringing the baggage of yesterday into today's assignment. Paul says that I forget what is behind me so I can press on to the assignment which God has put before me. So sometimes we have to let go of what we thought our glory days were in order so for us to enter in the glory days of the Lord. How many of us have ever ruminated over the glory days? And then we've always said, Oh, I wish it was like that again. But I'm going to tell you, if we went back and went back to the, what we thought the glory day was, it's not going to be what we really remember it is. We romanticize a lot of things that happen in our life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we can't romanticize it to a point where we can no longer have a reality of what the next day is to look like. We're going to a fam I'm going to a family reunion next weekend. My uh, aunts are old and older and, um, you know, they haven't seen each other for a long time. So I'm going to fly out to Colorado and get one of my aunts because she didn't want to fly alone. And then I'm going to fly to Atlanta and then fly back with her. So that'll be fun. But, you know, we're going to talk about the glory days of the family. Remember when, remember when, and we're all going to remember it as this amazing time, whether it actually was amazing time or not, we don't know. But, you know, after 20, 30, 40 years of hearing these stories, all of a sudden it is amazing. But we can't go back and live in those times. I don't wish I was five years old again. Whew. I definitely don't wish I was in high school again. But when we think about, you know, God lets these doors be closed so he can move us. He, he let Philip's door be closed where he was in order to move him to this assignment that was going to transform another nation. And we never know when God opens that next assignment that we will never know the ripple effects that we have because we said yes. Because we allowed ourselves to be moved on. And God opened a door that would have a reverberation for the generations to come. Everything we do makes a mark on history. If we choose bad, we leave a bad mark. If we choose good, we leave a good mark. Everything we do has a footprint. Yes, and I want good stuff. So let's go over to uh, 825 and we'll kind of wrap this story up. I love this because, uh, you know, you just learn from God. When you read his word, you just learn and you pick up, you gleam up these little understandings that you didn't even have before. So, you know, uh, he gets moving on and, uh, he gets him baptized, all those wonderful things. But uh, let me find where I want to go. 
Okay, so he's going to get him baptized. He said, okay. And in verse uh, 38, it says, so he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now, when they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. And he went away rejoicing. But Philip was found somewhere else. So sometimes God's going to interrupt what you're doing in order to move you somewhere else. You know, he, he's pulling the eunuch out of the water and then he's gone. He's in another city. And the eunuch's like, I'm rejoicing. Don't know what happened to him, but I'm going to rejoice. Yeah, sometimes God just pulls us out of whatever we're doing in order to put us into another place. And then we don't hear much about Philip till later on. And he, Paul goes to see him and Philip's with his four prophetic daughters. So apparently he went on. Maybe he was married before. We don't know. Maybe he got married afterwards. He has these four anointed women of God that are going to be released on this earth generation to generation in order to make that transformation of God. I'm telling you guys, uh, Gina given a word last week about Gen Z and about how God is just accelerating the Generation Z, which is the uh, now to about 20, right? Is that about the age group? 10 to 25. I don't know what the ones under 10 are, but I'm sure they'll give them a different letter. Uh, but, you know, but they are how, how God is just accelerating them. But he is accelerating them off of our revelation. He's accelerating them. It's not that generation is going to be the generation. It's all generations are going to pour into the generations that are going to be raised up to take their generation to that next place. All of us have this anointing, have this call, and God's looking for some jello people that are flexible. That will move as he moves. Does anybody know what jello is anymore? Does anybody even eat jello anymore? That was like a childhood memory. Yeah, that was a childhood memory. And when it had vegetables in it, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I barely ate it with anything. I took a taste. But mm -mm. vegetables, mm, no way. No peas, no, 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 no. But you know, he's looking for us to be able to shake and and move and 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 you know, when you touch that jello, it squiggles. When God touches us. We, he squiggles us into the right place. He's looking for us to be so infused by the Holy Spirit to let the word consume us until it completely overpowers us that we are just in this, 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 uh, it's almost like a river flowing in God where it's, it's without, um, I can't even find the words. All I know is that this is a season of invitation of oneness with God in a place that is, is uh, without borders and lines. It is an invisible, internal, spirit-infused movement that is taking us to a place where we can take on the most challenging things and be able to hear God say, I've got this. And we don't say, well, what do you got? What does it look like? Explain it to me. We're just like, okay. If you've got it, okay. And whatever you got, I'll know. 
because you'll show me because I'm going to have to do something, right? If he's got this, that means he's got something for you to do that'll make this okay. And he'll let you know what it is when you need to know. And you may not need to know. So if you're a person that needs to know everything in advance, okay, Keith is raising his hands. And there's a gift to that. And if you're, (laughs) you're funny, Keith. But really, I've got this. Whatever it is, I've got this. Amen? Okay, let's stand. Let's pray. God's got this. Thank goodness, because he's going to do a good job. He's good at his job. And his job is heaven on earth through all of his people. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for this spirit-infused release into our lives. And, God, I even feel like there are people right now that are like, oh, that's what was happening. So, Lord, we want, uh, we thank you that you are inviting us to this sustainable movement. And that over everything in our life, health, finances, jobs, decisions, whatever it is, your word is, I've got this. I've got this. Lean in. I've got this. And so, we, Lord, we look forward to the unfolding of what it is. And we just relinquish assignments. We just say yes to that desert place. And we say yes to the opening of the new doors for us. And we just thank you, God, that it is a holy invitation to be a part of this great movement. And I just want to pray over all the kids uh, that are rising up, Lord, that they will be profoundly affected and, and by the presence of you, Lord, and that they will be the uh, Phillips for their generation and that we will see a overwhelming salvation come across the hearts of our kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.